0: Today is Wednesday, July 3rd, 2019. It is the eve of Independence Day here in America. The first was Canada Day. Um, So there are a lot of thoughts in my mind about that. And this is also a difficult anniversary for a friend of mine. So I am praying special prayers uh, for him that God's will. Be done and God's will alone in His life, and that God's healing be with him, and that God's voice be the loudest in His ears today, and every day. Amen. Today our readings are Psalm 119 verses 145 through 176, 1 Samuel 12 1 through 6, 16 through 25. Acts eight fourteen through twenty five, and Luke twenty three one through twelve. Acts chapter eight verses fourteen through twenty five and Luke chapter twenty three verses one through twelve. Um, we don't have a particular saint that we remember today. So I think maybe. I will pick one that we will remember today hang on i'll be right back so i think um, we will transfer the feast if you will um, although it's not really feast day the remembrance of harriet beecher stowe Um, she's actually memorialized on the first of july but i think it is appropriate that we memorialize her today so i'm going to read to you from The Great Cloud of Witnesses, um, which is like a book of Episcopal Saints. Harriet Beecher Stowe, Writer and Prophetic Witness, 1896. Harriet Beecher Stowe was born on June 14, 1811, and from an early age was influenced by the humanitarian efforts of her famous parents. Her father, Lyman Beecher, was known for his zealous preaching and involvement with the temperance movement, while her mother, Roxana Foot Beecher, ran a school for girls and publicly advocated for the intellectual development of women. Her sister, Catherine, led the women's opposition against the Jackson administration's Indian removal bill. Harriet Beecher Stowe was an outspoken critic of slavery, an institution that she believed to be fundamentally incompatible with the with with the theology of her Calvinist upbringing. An author of many works, she is justly famous for her her novel, Uncle Tom's Cabin, 1852, a sermon-like work that chronicled the life of a slave family in the South. In particular, it recounted the tragic consequences of slavery on families, consequences that were for Stowe to be counted as one of the worst evils of slavery. Uncle Tom's Cabin was the best-selling book of the 19th century, and was influential in both America and Britain. Stowe's book inspired anti-slavery movements in the North and provoked widespread anger in the South. Her work intensified the sectional conflicts that would eventually lead to the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln, upon meeting Harriet Beecher Stowe, was alleged to have said, so this is the little lady who started this great war. Guys, I have so many thoughts on that. I'm just going to leave it for the minute. Stowe's book, together with her public anti-slavery work, was largely responsible for bringing the evils of slavery to light not only in America, but in Britain, Europe, even Russia. Tolstoy greatly esteemed her work and her moral moral courage, heaping lavish praise on her. She was renowned then as now for her boldness and willingness to expose the harsh realities of slavery to the public eye. She died in Hartford, Connecticut on July 1, 1896. I would pray for us this morning that we all have that moral courage and that bravery to expose evils to the human eye, to raise awareness, to wake people up even when you have to shake them awake, even when it's us. I think where I particularly struggle is that I have felt like I needed to be perfect myself before I could have any credibility in shedding light on an evil. And I think that that is one of the traps that the enemy gets us into or or uses against us because none of us are perfect. If we wait until we're perfect, we'll wait forever. We'll wait till heaven. And so that's why when we shed the light, we do have to do it with courage and bravery but we also have to do it with dignity and grace because it is hard and there will be lash back you know you guys i've 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 been talking to you a little bit about what i've been going through at work and man the victim blaming continues like yeah We will we will just leave it at that and while I've got no problem with owning my own shit and I think that 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 is a form of Moral courage and bravery to own your shit To do the work to get better and to move on. I don't think it's in any way appropriate for us to deflect From the issue at hand by blaming the source of light That's the way I would translate it in this case um yeah so i think that's actually all i have to say about that i'm a little like cloudy lately i've been going through some health stuff probably related to the stress Um, i am really good under pressure but pressure will find its way out Um, and usually for me that manifests in physical symptoms And so working through that and I realized too I'm sorry that I'm digressing from the prayers I'll I'll get back into it in a second but um, I realized too lately that there's a whole nother aspect of just because I can doesn't mean I should I I have really found a lot of meaning and understanding in that concept with respect to work, both, both work in my job and also work in my church community and also in my home, that just because I am capable of completing a task does not mean that I should, you know, that, that other people need to be given opportunities to grow and learn and develop as well. But there's, there's another piece of it that is coming to my awareness now that, that just because I can do something emotionally doesn't doesn't mean that i should so like it would be pretty easy for me i i'm like the world's greatest compartmentalizer because of um, some things that i already lived through in my life so it would be i am quite capable of compartmentalizing the stuff at work and some of the stuff in my personal life i could just put that in a box and put it on the shelf and it'd be great now but eventually there would come a time when I'd have to take that box off the shelf and I'd have to sift through the contents. And so as a person who worked really hard to become an integrated whole person instead of kind of a fragmented compartmentalized person, do I really wanna do that? Do I, it it seems to me like moving backwards. And so as difficult as it is, I'm trying as much as possible to process things as close to the moment and this daily office has been hugely helpful for me with that I mean God is definitely using this prayer time and the pages of his word for encouragement and um, and so that that rings true with me in the Holy Spirit that living this integrated life is is not easy but it's worth it and just because we could compartmentalize and put it aside just like just because we could look the other way at what's going on for example as one of many examples at the border doesn't mean that we should and it is hard and painful to be brave and to look right at it and to say what can i do and for me the answer a lot of times is prior Prayer and money, I, I read an article the other day on, on just how unhelpful a lot of our Christian mission trips to other places are. And and I think that's true. I think there are a lot of times when honestly giving our money to a reputable organization can do a lot more than giving our physical presence. It doesn't do as much maybe for us. We aren't able to make the tangible connection between our gift and making a difference, but I think it, it does better. So I, I have found several reputable charities, mostly through Glennon Doyle, who I really admire. Her Together Rising nonprofit does a lot of that research for you, for me, which is really helpful because, quite frankly, I don't have the time to do all that research on my own. So um, I've been contributing both to Together Rising. I have an ongoing gift there, and then also to... Um, two I think one or two of specific agencies uh funding lawyers for kids at the border and then funding you know just basic humanitarian (laughs) um I don't want to digress too much there but but I think that prior should be the foundation of everything. You know the the saying there are no atheists in foxholes is absolutely true, but we shouldn't wait until we're in the foxhole to pray until we've exhausted all of the ammo and every last effort. It should be prayer first, then shoot <laughs> in my mind, at least. So I apologize. With all of that being said, let's let's get to it with the morning prayer. Thanks guys. I really appreciate your uh, being on the other end of my verbal processing. We are no longer strangers and sojourners, but citizens together with the saints and members of the household of God, including Harriet Beecher Stowe. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Mother, to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others, those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. O God, be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of your countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Praise to the Holy and Undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 145 through 176. With my whole heart I cry, Answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I cry to you, Save me. That I may observe your decrees. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I put my hope in your words. My eyes are awake before each watch of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. In your steadfast love, hear my voice. O Lord, in your justice, preserve my life. Those who persecute me with evil purpose draw near, they are far from your law. Yet you are near, O Lord and all your commandments are true. Long ago I learned from your decrees that you have established them forever. Look on my misery and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord, Give me life according to your justice. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries. Yet I do not swerve from your decrees. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Preserve my life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous ordinances endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous ordinances. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and I fulfill your commandments. My soul keeps your decrees. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and decrees, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. My lips will pour forth praise. Because you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your promise. For all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me. For I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let me live that I may praise you. And let your ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek out your servant. For I do not forget your commandments. Praise to the holy and undivided trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our next reading is from Samuel. It's Samuel chapter 12, and it's supposed to be 1 through 6, and then 16 through 25. But for the sake of context, I'm just going to read the whole thing, which means that I'm pretty much reading 1 Samuel chapter 12. Samuel said to all Israel... I have listened to you in all that you have said to me and have set a king over you. See, it is the king who leads you now. I am old and gray, but my sons are with you. I have led you from my youth until this day. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me, and I will restore it to you. They said, You have not defrauded us or oppressed us or taken anything from the hand of anyone. He said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness, who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, take your stand, so that I may enter into judgment with you before the Lord. And I will declare to you all the saving deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and your ancestors. When Jacob went into Egypt, and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your ancestors cried to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought forth your ancestors out of Egypt, and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, and he sold them into the land of Caesarea, commander of the army of King Jabin of Hazor, And into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. Then they cried to the Lord, and said, We have sinned, because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served the Baals and the Astartes. But now rescue us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubal and Barak and Jephthah and Samson, and rescued you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. But when you saw that King Nahash of the Ammonites came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, though the Lord your God was your king. See, here is the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and heed his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord... And if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not heed the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, take your stand and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not the wheat harvest today? I will call upon the Lord that he may send thunder and rain. And you shall know and see that the wickedness that you have done in the sight of the Lord is great in demanding a king for yourselves. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. All the people said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, so that we may not die. For we have added to all our sins the evil of demanding a king for ourselves. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after useless things that cannot profit or save, for they are useless. For the Lord will not cast away his people for his great name's sake." because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away both you and your king. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle G, a song of Ezekiel. I will take you from among all nations and gather you from all lands to bring you home. I will sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you from false gods and uncleanness. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit put within you I will take the stone heart from your chest and give you a heart of flesh. I will help you walk in my laws and cherish my commandments and do them. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. A reading from Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 25. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, They sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain God's gift with money. You have no part or share in this, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and the chains of wickedness. Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may happen to me. Now after Peter and John had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem proclaiming the good news to many villages of the Samaritans. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle S, a song of our true nature. Christ revealed our frailty and our falling, our trespasses and our humiliations. Christ also revealed his blessed power, his blessed wisdom and love. He protects us as tenderly and as sweetly when we are in greatest need. He raises us in spirit and turns everything to glory and joy without ending. God is the ground and the substance, the very essence of nature. God is the true father and mother of natures. We are all bound to God by nature, and we are all bound to God by grace. And this grace is for all the world, because it is our precious mother, Christ, For this fair nature was prepared by Christ for the honor and nobility of all and for the joy and bliss of salvation. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Lord, give us ears to hear your word. What you would have us know in this moment, in this context, above all else. Filter out all the other voices in our heads, Lord God, and let us hear yours clearly and lovingly, and let us receive it. Luke chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. Then Pilate asked him, Are you king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee where he began even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether this man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Thank you, God, for giving us your word and your spirit and helping us to understand. May we be open to your truth. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed, found on page 41 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 1. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. As has been our usual, as we persevere in prayer for healing, and especially today, when we pray for the redemption of rest and restoration for the life of a friend who Kind of got stuck in the past about three years ago um, actually longer than that and I guess we should say as we pray for redemption and restoration in general and particularly for one friend of mine um, that today may be a catalyst for new healing for him and for all of us we will use the prayers for healing let us Use the litany for healing found on page 30 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. Let's pause and lift up specific names. Let us offer our prayers for God's healing, saying, hear and have mercy. Holy God, source of health and salvation, hear and have mercy. Holy and mighty, wellspring of abundant life, hear and have mercy. Holy Immortal One, protector of the faithful, hear and have mercy. Holy Trinity, the source of all wholeness, hear and have mercy. Blessed Jesus, your holy name is medicine for healing and a promise of eternal life, hear and have mercy. Jesus, descendant of David, you healed all who came to you in faith hear and have mercy. Jesus, child of Mary, you embrace the world with your love, hear and have mercy. Jesus, divine physician, you sent your disciples to preach the gospel and heal in your name, hear and have mercy. Jesus, our true mother, you feed us the milk of your compassion, hear and have mercy. Jesus, son of God, you take away our sin and make us whole, hear and And have mercy. Jesus, eternal Christ, your promised Spirit renews our hearts and minds. Hear and have mercy. Grant your grace to heal those who are sick, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith to all who are disabled through injury or illness, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Comfort, relieve, and heal all sick children. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give courage to all who await surgery. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Support and encourage those who live with chronic illness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Strengthen those who endure continual pain and give them hope. We pray to you, O God, hear and and have mercy. Grant the refreshment of peaceful sleep to all who suffer. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Befriend all who are anxious, lonely, despondent, or afraid. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Restore those with mental illness to clarity of mind and hopefulness of heart. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give rest to the weary and hold the dying in your loving arms. We pray to you, O God. Help us hear and have mercy. Help us prepare to prepare for death with confident expectation and hope of Easter joy. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give your wisdom and compassion to healthcare workers that they may minister to the sick and dying with knowledge skill, and kindness, we pray to you, O God, hear, and have mercy. Uphold those who keep watch with the sick, we pray to you, O God, hear, and have mercy. Guide those who search for the causes and cures of sickness and disease, we pray to you, O God, hear, and have mercy. Jesus, Lamb of God, hear, and have mercy. Jesus, bearer of our sins, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, hear and have mercy. Our Mother who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us with all of your mercy, gracious God. Your kingdom, your queendom, here on earth forever and ever. Amen. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us, Jesus, to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, He revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. We will now say the prayers for those who are sick. We'll use mostly the prayers starting on page 64 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. We will also say the prayers for victims of addiction in the Book of Common Prayer. May God the Mother bless you, God the Son heal you, God the Holy Spirit give you strength. May God the Holy and Undivided Trinity guard your body, save your soul, and bring you safely to his heavenly country where he lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Mother, watch with us over your children and hear our yearning that they may be restored to health through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Gentle Jesus, stay beside your children through this day. Take away their pain. Keep them safe. Help them in their fear. Make their bodies strong again and their hearts glad. Thank you for your love which surrounds them always. Amen. Jesus, our Redeemer, Good Shepherd of the sheep, you gather the lambs and carry them in your arms. We entrust our children to your loving care. Relieve their pain. Restore in them your gifts of joy and strength and raise them up to a life in your service. Hear us, we pray, for your dear name's sake. Amen. Gentle Jesus, though we are not worthy to have you come under our roof, You are God's word of healing to us. Be with us now that we may know your presence in one another and rise up in joy to greet you. Grant this for your love's sake. Amen. Blessed Jesus, living water, solid rock, uphold your children, loose the fetters of sickness, break their yokes of pain, and from this land of affliction, lead them home. Amen. Loving God, your heart overflows with compassion for your whole creation. Pour out your Spirit on all persons living with illness for which we have no cure, as well as their families and loved ones. Help them to know that you claim them as your own. Deliver them from fear and pain. And send your Archangel Raphael to minister to their needs. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Merciful God, in your love and wisdom, you know the needs and fears of your people before we can name them. Grant that your children and we who watch with them may be enabled to surrender all our cares to you as you care for us. Give us peace of mind and unshakable trust in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in your last agony, you commended your spirit to your Father. We seek your mercy for your children and all who are dying may death become for them as it was for you a birth to everlasting life receive those whom we commend to you with the blessed assurance that whether we wake or sleep we remain with you one god forever amen merciful god whose son jesus wept at the death of lazarus look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of our loved ones comfort us grant us the conviction that all things work together for good to those who love you and help us to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power through jesus christ our deliverer amen in your tender mercies O god remember all your children who either expect or have just received a grave diagnosis help them to trust in your goodness and believe that after a time of trial They shall be established on the firm foundation of your deliverance. Amen. God of all comfort, our very present help in trouble, be near to your children for whom our prayers are offered. Look on them with the eyes of your mercy. Comfort them with a sense of your presence. Preserve them from the enemy and give them patience in their affliction. Restore them to health and lead them to your eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the Father. Grant your children, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your archangel Michael to defend them, to guard their going out and coming in, and to bring them safely to your presence where you reign in the one holy and undivided Trinity to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your children, the anxieties that perplex them, the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help them to discover your forgiveness in their memories and know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O Lord, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. God, the strength of the weak and the comfort of those who suffer, hear our prayers and grant your children the power of your grace, that their sickness may be turned into health and our sorrow into joy. For Jesus Christ's sake, amen. O blessed Lord, you minister to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. spirit of all healing visit your children in your power renew health within them and raise them up in joy according to your love and kindness for which we give thanks and praise through Jesus Christ our Savior amen gracious God only source of life and health help comfort and relieve your children and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs that their weakness may be turned to strength and confidence in your loving care. For the sake of Jesus Christ, amen. O God, our refuge and strength, in those places of unrelenting light and noise, enfold your children in your holy darkness and silence, that they may rest secure under the shadow of your wings. Amen. Holy and blessed one, shine on your children who lie sleepless or restless or disturbed in spirit. Illumine their spirits and give them rest in you so that they may recognize you as the true God who brings us out of darkness into our eternal light. Amen. Sanctify, O Lord, the sickness of your servants that the sense of their weakness may add strength to their faith and seriousness to their repentance and grant that they may live with you in everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Loving God, we pray that you will comfort your children in their suffering, lend skill to the hands of their healers, and bless the means used for their cure. Give them such confidence in the power of your grace, that even when they are afraid, they may put their whole trust in you. Through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Strengthen your servants, O God, to go where they have to go and bear what they have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, they may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands hallow our flesh and all creation with your cleansing love bring healing and strength to your children and by your justice lift them up that in the body you have given them they may again rejoice in jesus name we pray amen lord christ you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do as we go through the trials of life help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things that we have no secrets from you and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray, amen. God, your loving kindness never fails and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for giving your children relief from pain and hope of health renewed. Continue the good work begun in them, that increasing daily in wholeness and strength they may rejoice in your goodness and so order their lives always to think and do that which pleases you through jesus christ our redeemer amen loving god inspire by your holy spirit those who are afraid of losing hope especially your children for whom we now pray give them a fresh vision of your love that they may find again what they fear they have lost grant them your powerful deliverance Through the one who makes all things new jesus christ our redeemer amen giver of all grace we pray your peace which passes all understanding for those who are developmentally disabled grant that they may always be sustained in love their gifts honored and their difficulties understood that none may add to their troubles we ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. All right, folks, it will probably not be visible or hearable, audible to you at all, but I am going to pause, run and pick my son up from rowing practice, and then finish up the prayer. I just, I'm probably going to be late. You guys, I know you know I'm always rushing around, right? But I really wanted to finish the healing prayers here in the space of this beautiful church who has dedicated a good portion of its missional energy Toward healing. And so I pray God's healing upon all of us, those we have lifted up in prayer, all of God's children, communities, and the spiritual aspect of our universe. Amen. Well, hello again. We are now in the back seat of my car. That sounds kind of dirty, doesn't it? In the parking lot of the rowing club, Jack is being gracious enough to let me finish up morning prayer. Um, I had a slight distraction, helping somebody jumpstart their car and making a new friend. So good stuff, good stuff. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the readings today. So Psalm 120, the psalmist speaks about whole heart again. And as we've been talking about integration and synthesis and all those kinds of things, I think that this is an important reminder. The psalmist talks as well about, I rise before dawn and cry for help. First thing, first thing we cry out to God. That should always be first and foremost, right? Then he talks again about God's steadfast love, God's justice. So, and there's a very clear distinction made here between God's justice and persecution. God in your justice preserve my life. Those who persecute me with evil purpose draw near. They are far from your law. God's justice and human persecution are two very different things. Yet you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. So that distinction being made and sticking to those things. And then verse 154. Plead my cause and redeem me. God is the advocate. The Holy Spirit is the advocate. So God advocates for us. We don't have to fight all these fights on our own behalf because God is already fighting for us. And then 160. The sum of your word is truth. So all together, cohesive, in context not chopping out slivers and misusing them i want to make that very clear here then i'm not sure what 164 is talking about with seven times a day i praise you but 165 great peace have those who love your law so with god's law truth righteousness and justice comes peace and i think that's a very clear way of discerning what is from god and what is not And then it closes up with a prayer for us. So let's pray that. Let us live that we may praise you and let your ordinances help us. We have gone astray like lost sheep. Seek out your servants for we do not forget your commandments. Amen. Our reading from Samuel is very interesting. Thanks for letting me pause while the bells at church told. I'm not quite sure why they told it exactly 10 past the hour, but they do. And so this here um, talks about how Samuel has not, he's saying to all Israel, I haven't wronged you. If I have, speak it out. Put it in the open and I will own it and we will reconcile from it. But he hasn't. He hasn't wronged them. He's done right by them as a prophet. And particularly he says, from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Now, very few of us have accepted overt bribes, but how many times have we, for the sake of something that good that we're given, overlooked a wrong that's been done? And I think this, this speaks back to that, acting from a place of of scarcity and fear. Like, for example, how many times have our jobs been threatened because I mean, if we do or don't do something, like that's held in the balance, and so we look the other way at an injustice because we're afraid of losing the good things that we have. In my mind, that's just the same as a bribe. Complacency and looking the other way while wrongs are being done because we're afraid of losing our comfortable lifestyle, that's a problem. That's the very reason the enfranchised in this country keep the disenfranchised down because they don't want to lose their power and comfort. And I think that's a sin, so there. Um, And Samuel is found to be without these sins. That's kind of the point of verses one through five. Then Samuel says that he is going to enter into judgment with you before the Lord. So he is acting on behalf of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moving through him as an advocate. And then he talks about all the things to remember. Remember all the times that God has brought you through. And for me at least the point that resonates with me here is that God has brought us through all these times we can operate from a place of trust and love because God has already proven it we don't have to be in this place of scarcity and fear and trying to get humans to do right by us you know and then Samuel calls the people out because they wanted a king but they had God Like, they had the Almighty, and yet they wanted a human ruler. And because God gave them, gave us free will, he allowed that. He gave them a human ruler. And Samuel calls out, you know, he calls the people out on this. He asks them to recognize it, and they do. They recognize it. And then God says that with the Lord's, I mean, Samuel says that with the Lord's help, he will instruct them, and he gives them a commandment here. Only, well, yeah, he gives them a command. It is linked to one of the Ten Commandments, but he says in verse 24, only, and I think that's important because it's only God, not human leaders, right? Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king, you shall be sifted. And there we are back to a common theme during this season. Fear God and fear God alone. Or that'll all get sifted out. It's kind of like you can do this in willing cooperation, or you can choose the hard way, but it will or harder way, because willing cooperation isn't always easy, right? Um and I want to circle back a little bit to verse 14 here, because God gives direction to the people and to their king. If you will fear the Lord and serve Him, and heed His voice, and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you do not heed the voice, if you will not heed the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. So Samuel. Or God tells the people through Samuel exactly the way human rulers should be set up. Or human governors, either way you want to look at it. If they are agents of God and God is working through them and through the people who follow them, all will be well. But if they stand in the way of God, it's going to be problematic. And I think the same is very, very true today. And we see that playing out in a very dangerous and ugly way right now. Our New Testament reading from Acts. So the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the Word of God. So we have some people who are newly awakened, right? And they sent Peter and John to them. They sent helpers. And the helpers went and prayed for them, which is what all helpers should do, right? Now this is very interesting to me, this order of events. So they had been baptized, but the Spirit had not come upon them. That is very interesting to me. I think it speaks to there's not like a formulaic progression of Christian development. It's not like at this event, this happens, and at that event, that happens. We are, in all of the sacraments, opening gateways to God and to spirituality, but sometimes the order of events is a little bit different. In this case, the Spirit didn't come upon them at baptizing. The Spirit came upon them when Peter and John laid hands on them. And so I think if things don't happen in the time that we expect them to happen, we have to be patient and pray and ask the Lord what we need to do to be ready for the moment when the moment comes. We prayed about that already today, so this is re-emphasizing it for me. Then Simon is like, I want this! Can I pay for it? And they're like, dude, the very fact that you think that you can pay for it means that you are not ready for it. Come on. Get right before God. And get yourself ready, basically. And and Simon's response, I think, is, is beautiful. He says, pray for me. And that should be our response to any feedback that comes from love, right? So criticism meant to detract and tear down is worthless, in my opinion. But feedback born of love that is actually trying to help somebody get better is very worthwhile. And we would do well to be humble and receive it and ask for help in return. And the greatest help is prayer. Amen? Amen. All right. So bringing us finally to our gospel reading where Jesus is being accused. And we've been talking about the Holy Spirit being the advocate, right? And us not having to fight our own battles. Not always, anyway. There is a time and place for everything and nothing is is ever and always, right? Well, very few things are ever and always. But anyways... Um I find it very interesting that it specifically says here that in the eyes of the chief priests in the crowds, Jesus' transgression is that he shook things up. He stirs up the people. He awakened them. That is painful. Sometimes people don't want to be awake. Definitely, like we've been talking about, the enfranchised don't want the disenfranchised to be awake, nor do they want other enfranchised because where we really have social justice is that when the people in power have a heart for the people who have been disempowered, and this was starting to happen, and and the enfranchised were like freaking out because Jesus was shaking things up. And it calls it out clearly here, and I think there's a direct parallel to our current times. There's some shaking up and some awakening going on, and it is scaring the people in power. And they are some of the people in power, right? Because there's two parties. There are those who are part of the awakening and there's who are resisting the awakening because they're afraid of losing what they've got. They're coming from a place of scarcity and fear instead of a place of love and moral cor- courage and justice like Harriet Beecher Stowe that we talked about today as a saint. So then I think it's very interesting that, you know, Herod's all excited to see Jesus because he wants to see him perform some sign. But he doesn't have eyes to see and he doesn't have ears to hear so jesus does nothing and says nothing and then herod and pilate so I, i would stop here and i would say give us the courage to have eyes to see and ears to hear let us be fertile ground for the seeds that god is planting amen and then from that day on herod and pilate became friends and i think this is really important It is, in my mind, even more important to choose our enemies than it is to choose our friends because a common enemy makes friends. So let's really choose not just who we're standing with but also who and what we're standing against. Amen? right, those are the thoughts that I have on the scriptures today. We'll go ahead and wrap this up because patient Jack is waiting for his day to begin. I've taken leave from work today to spend the day with him and we're going to go do whatever he wants all day. So, without further ado, Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.